Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cush, and I am a therapist in Annapolis, Maryland, where I am seeing clients online all the time. So if you're in Maryland and want to work with me, you can reach out through my website, progressioncounseling.com. I also added a new feature to my website. There is a way to leave a voicemail for me on the podcast page. So it's a little uh, icon on the side of the top of the page, and it says, leave a voicemail. It's through SpeakPipe. It gives you 90 seconds to leave a voicemail. So if you have comments about the show, or you want me to address a particular topic, or you want to leave a review versus doing it uh, through uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, shoot me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. I occasionally get emails and comments on uh, my newsletter and blog. So reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Today, my guest is Cherie Burton. Cherie is an author, holistic psychologist, international speaker, mom of six, podcast host, emotional release facilitator, and leadership development trainer, and has helped thousands of women all over the world find wholeness. And today, Cherie and I are going to be talking about how you can be powerful and feminine at the same time, and we're going to share an easy, practical, small tip to help you feel more connected with yourself, your intuition, and give you that sense of wholeness inside. Let's get started. Hi, Cherie, and welcome to the Woman Warriors podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to talk to you today. I, As I said earlier, I'm really enjoy, enjoying listening to your podcast, but for the listeners who don't know who you are, could you share a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to do the work that you do? Yeah. Well, wow, that's such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a mother of six. I have a married daughter, three college kids, and a six and seven-year-old, which in and of itself is a huge story. Same marriage, 12-year um, gap between age, uh, kid four and kid five. So I'm 51 raising a six and seven year old and also have two little grandbabies. (laughs) So, um, it's very interesting right now. I'm at a season where I have children in all, you know, teenagers, young children, elementary grandchildren, um, and (laughs) young adults. So that's that. And motherhood keeps me very busy. However, I have to say, there were seasons that I was drowning in motherhood and knew I needed something different Mm. and felt myself sinking into depression and knew that I had a voice and a purpose. And my traditional background is in psychology. So I have a 
a degree in psych and I've worked at a psychiatric hospital as a group therapist. I've worked in an addiction recovery center as a family education director for families of addicts. Mm. Um, and I, I just haven't been a traditional like stay at home mom at all. I have been entrepreneurial for the most part, except for that little stint when I was working in more clinical settings, but I decided to be more of a holistic mm-hmm. um, entrepreneur with emotional healing, just because I, I saw so much recidivism with addiction and also relapsing Oh yeah, and mental illness. I just, I just knew that what we were doing traditionally in our healthcare systems were not serving mental health victims. Yeah. And uh, just a little closer to home, uh, I am the second of seven children and my, all of my siblings have been diagnosed bipolar except for myself and one other sibling. Wow. So I was actually raised, um, I have a sister a year older and a sister two years younger, and we were super close growing up, just boom, 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 you know, Mm -hmm mom had us in three years and wow. both of those sisters were diagnosed bipolar in our early twenties. Oh my god! So while I was getting my psych degree. So, um, I visited them at psychiatric facilities, the better part of our twenties and, and even their early thirties, ultimately, um, not getting better. Also what I was also seeing in clinical settings in my work, but Ultimately, my sister, two years younger, Shauna, she took her life and left behind five children in 2005. Oh my God. So that's something we've been healing from as a family for 15 years. Um, I've helped raise those children. And um, she was a very dear friend of mine at her passing and suffered from bipolar and an addiction to painkillers. So, yeah, that really changed the trajectory of my path after yeah. we lost her yeah. because I, I knew of the strong family history that we had and I had children of my own and I just knew we needed to break family patterns and had to yeah. go out of the box to do so. So that's a long, that's a very long, um, about me. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I so appreciate your sharing that. I, I, I know how hard mental illness and addiction and families can be. Mm. Yeah. I don't know a family that's not affected in some way. Yeah, I know. It's so true. It, 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 whether it's mental health and addiction or just one or the other, I think that there's a lot out there f- with families for sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, you yourself have struggled, you know, you share this on your website with anxiety and depression and you know, you've said that the more holistic approaches are really what draws you, but also what you're hoping to help other women with, you know, to find more holistic ways to heal. What, what's, what's made a difference for you? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, definitely I've always been a very spiritually driven person just to kind of find the answers that are under the surface. I believe we have a very strong spiritual aspect to ourselves that's not quantifiable by scientific measurements or, you know, it's just we all have an essence to us. We all have a soul. And I actually dove into Jungian um, psychology. It's like archetypal studies. And I almost got a master's and PhD in that because I'm just so fascinated with 
mm-hmm. what's playing out in the collective unconscious as well as in with, within our own psyches that we're not aware of. Mm-hmm. So for me, I really actually started a really concerted deep dive into the divine feminine, mm-hmm. kind of understanding the, the feminine face of spirituality and sort of how patriarchal regimes have really thwarted our progress in academia, governments, religion, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say a little bit of a feminism in there or a lot of feminism in there, but not in a <laughs> picketing kind of way, just, Hey, you know, it's time for women to rise up. So, yeah. and my business, I started a wellness business in 2010 and expanded globally very quickly. And so I started to teach how things of the earth are what ultimately help us heal, whether mm-hmm. it's being out in nature or, you know, plant chemistry, um, more holistic based eating and mindfulness and those things. And, and it, yoga really helped me meditation. I yeah. don't suffer. And in saying that, um, I don't suffer the way my siblings do. I just, I don't have the same, yeah. whether I dodged a genetic bullet or whatever it is, I think there's a combination of that and just me really, really searching and getting clear on how I want to feel yeah. instead of being the victim of my inheritance. Mm. So I believe I, you know, by the grace of God and everything, all the other tools and resources that have happened upon my path, I've, I've been able to heal a lot of generational patterning. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is so, so key in our own healing, but then bringing that into our children or, you know, our are, yeah, the people we're bringing forth into the world too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I, I, so my older children have all grappled at one time or another with depression and anxiety. And so it's been really empowering to help them kind of deprogram from cultural things and mm-hmm. help them with things like, you know, my daughter and I, that's now 21, we did a yoga teacher training together. She's a yoga instructor now, but I just wanted to learn it mm-hmm. and it was super empowering and, and healing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and just helping them realize that they are agents unto themselves and can be the master and commander of their own being and that they don't also need to claim that they are victims of what may be in their genetic sequencing and that they can clear that. And yeah. I've just really tried to empower them. It's interesting because my last two babies that came are Mm -hmm. actually adopted. Um, They came through two separate private adoptions Mm -hmm. and both of their birth mothers are bipolar. So (laughs) I seem to attract that. (laughs) (laughs) Seems that way. Um, Yes. (laughs) But even with the adopted children, I I realized that, you know, there are some challenges with, I mean, they're very healthy now and they're adorable and sweet and also very intense, but you know, it's like, okay, I have tools. You know, there there are things that we can do to to empower these children. Mm. So these patterns can be broken. Yeah. Well, and all the things you described, the sort of more, you know, yoga and mindfulness and meditation, I think from my own experience, but also my work with clients that it helps centers you, helps to center you in yourself. So Mm -hmm. instead of you know, for such a long time, I was looking outside myself to, yes. to feel more grounded, to feel more whole. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to a meditation before this where 
she was saying, you know, I wish someone had told me to just sit down and breathe and pay attention to mm. me. We are not taught that growing up. We're not taught it in school. We're not taught it in church. No. We're not taught it in families typically. No, definitely. We're told to outsource our authority and our own knowing. Yeah, yeah. And, and and to, yeah, look to others to help us heal and fix ourselves versus what can I do to help me? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about, as you said, sort of the divine feminine and how we as women, you know, so you're an entrepreneur, I am also, that oftentimes we're kind of either encouraged or pushed to sort of take on these more masculine roles in business or the world in order to quote unquote succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet that's hard. Like that's not me, you know, I, Mm -hmm. although I know I have, you know, sort of that masculine energy, but I, I, I know that I am not like a hard sell marketer. That's not my style, right? Right. I'm not going to be, you know, screaming at you to buy whatever it is I'm selling. (laughs) But so how, how do you see with the clients you're working with? How, how is that uh, for the women you're working with? Yeah, that's a really, that's a really beautiful question. A really important question because I think typically masculine leadership, and this is what I meant about kind of awakening to how the patriarchy has infiltrated I mean, everything. unhealthy masculine, not all men yes, um, has infiltrated not. everything, mm-hmm. all of our systems and, and larger, you know, corporations and government and everything, churches, especially as well. Yeah. Um, for me, understanding that feminine leadership is very inclusive. Hmm. It's very, there's a flow to it. Um, it's not logic based. Hmm. It's fair. It's not linear. Um it's very expansive and very powerful. It's not docile and passive. It's extremely fierce and powerful. Mm-hmm. Yet it's not something you can completely quantify. It's, uh, I like to think of it as um, it takes everyone who's marginalized and puts them back to the center. <laughs> and just a healthy inclusion, a beautiful, nourishing, nurturing energy. So our model of that is Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. you know, she lets the sun warm her. She, there's a fertile incubation period and germination for creation and seeds and there's, there's water and, you know, it's just like how flowers grow. Um, there's actually a section in the new Testament that says, consider the lilies of the field, how they toil not, neither do they strive. Mm. Uh, that is not the programming we get from those masculine paradigms. It's like, kill it, crush it, pound it out, um, achievement-based, recognition-based. And I have a lot of that in me. (laughs) Yeah, I I really do. I mean, I, I have an achievement focus. I I just came that way. And so I've helped, I've tried to help that, you know, temper that ambition and, um, in a way that's, that again is not attached to performance, but is more worth based mm-hmm. and accepting of myself. There's a phrase I love radical self compassion. Oh, such a great phrase. <laughs> and I feel like if we could practice that as a collective, everything would change because how we feel about ourselves is a direct reflection on how we treat others and see yeah. the, 
the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, yeah, I am all about self-compassion, but I love radical self-compassion. And interestingly, I took a week-long self-compassion training. Uh, now it's probably going on a year and a half ago, but mm-hmm. uh, Kristen Neff was one of the oh, leaders of the her. training. Yes, yeah, she's so great. Her. But she was saying that you know one of the things they're finding in the research is that there's the yin part of the self-compassion, the kind, caring, loving, but there's also the yang part that's the more fierce and mother and protective, like mama bear part of self-compassion too, that you are fighting to take care of yourself and be kind to yourself too, but also Mm -hmm. sticking up for yourself, um, which I thought was, yeah. yeah, yeah, sort of like the fire and the, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the other element would be, air maybe, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just a more balanced way to look at even self-compassion, that it doesn't all have to be all soft and fluffy, that it can be fierce too. Oh, absolutely. Like if you look at Mother Nature, there's volcanoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and right. tsunamis and like she's pretty badass. Um, yes, she is. She <laughs> so is. there's that. I think there is, there's been a perception in the past that this is a very loving, sweet, kind, and there is that element. It's not, the, and, and men have that as well. Um, mm-hmm. but, but when I'm talking about ferocious, wild, fierce, feminine, nothing gets in her way and she does not tolerate injustice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's part of radical self-compassion is not tolerating injustices. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. Especially today when I feel like we're being made more aware of as white women, how we can better support, yeah, our our women of color sisters and yes. using that radical self-compassion and, and radical yeah. compassion. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I mean about the inclusion and, um, you know, we need all voices. We need multiple ethnicities. We need to throw everyone into the middle. And there's a word I I recently interviewed Maureen Murdoch on my podcast Mm -hmm. and she wrote the heroine's journey. And, and I, you know, I loved what she said about the feminine that there, she goes, if I could just choose one word that details what the feminine is, it's collaboration. Mm. And I loved that because it's just, the most powerful word to describe, you know, how we don't need a top-down approach anymore. (laughs) Right. Um, And the millennials are showing us this. Yeah. For really, I mean, I have these millennial, four millennial kids who are showing me, who show, who began showing this to me actually when they were children, but I really wasn't awake to it till they became teenagers. And it's like, just because everyone else is doing this doesn't mean it's for me, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, why... Why does sexual orientation, gender, and skin color matter in the scheme of things? Yes, yes. Um, why is why is there such division? Like they truly didn't get it. No, it's true. I I um I'm very grateful for that. That there's yeah. this opening of our of of the conversation, but also acceptance in terms of of yeah, people as people. Yes. Not, not as, yeah, who we choose to love or how we look or what our skin color is. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so for women who may be struggling with this sense of 
feeling empty, disconnected, not fully in their own uh, selves. What, you know, how do you, I know that's part of your sort of, that's what you do. It's how you help people, how you help women. So how, how can we help strong women feel more connected to themselves and their intuition? Yeah. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying, you know, a lot of strong women have masculine energy that's kind of unchecked because we haven't, we haven't, not only have we not learned about the healthy feminine, we haven't learned about the healthy masculine mm-hmm. and then, uh, not knowing how to emote, how to heal the feminine themselves. And so it becomes about power control and sex and money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and women can get lost in that. And especially strong women who, you know, and I, I'm just st- speaking for myself. I've always been very strong willed, very, like I said, kind of a high achiever mentality, uh, which served me to a point, especially because I did have that really pronounced family history of depression. Yeah. And I, I, as I look back, I, I think I was working so hard to not fall into it mm-hmm. that I wasn't looking deeply inside myself, as you mentioned earlier, like yeah. there's so much power of going within. And I just didn't know how to do that. And I wasn't taught at getting my psych degree for heaven's sakes. Like, no, and yeah. I wasn't taught it at church. Right. Um, and you would think that those two would have offered something, especially with a psychology, you know, it's like, we're really, we're really I, it's shifted now. I, and I realize it's shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but strong women, it's like, how, what does it mean to be a strong woman? She's either, you know, bitchy, or (laughs) that's the perception, or she's, um, you know, too big for her britches or just, there's all of these, these things that, and there's such, you know, a, a a pay gap, you know, you know, in the same, and especially in the corporate world where women make typically 50% less than men when they have the same position. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, strong women, there's a wound there that's, beyond what we experience personally. As women, we're experiencing a collective wound. And this is where my Jungian psychology background comes in. Um, We are experiencing collectively as women, anger and hurt for being maligned for millennia, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we don't know how to express that. And sometimes we internalize it, uh, the anger, and it turns into sadness. And it's kind of that sadness we can't name. And so we feel like when we start producing and let's say making money or, uh, you know, having a lot of kids and I'm speaking for myself here, I, I did both. Right. I still felt empty. I still felt like something was missing. Yeah. And I realized that all the seeking and searching and pining and achieving was really an attempt to come back to myself. And I was not seeing it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't actually until I took the yoga teacher training, the 200 hour yoga teacher training a few years ago with my daughter at age 48, <laughs> yep. that it finally clicked for me. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's about breath. Right. Like I breathe, therefore I am. And everything I'm searching for can be found inside, but I had to be taught how to, how to do that, how to go inside and listen and honor there were a lot of voices outside of me, but what did my soul voice have to say? Mm. And that's been a huge reckoning and awakening for me and very emancipating. I haven't taken a 200 hour yoga training, but my awakening came later in life as well. But 
I found it through practicing self-compassion, practicing meditating, sitting with all the, because I, I have struggled with anxiety for a long time, um, mm. but just sitting with the difficult emotions and the, mm. what I'm realizing even now as I'm about to turn 60 is like, I carry so much fear just mm-hmm. every, to, into everything that I do and having compassion about that too, you know, mm-hmm. being able to say, oh, but that I can also help myself feel safe. I know how to do yeah. that, you know? Yeah. It's but so that beautiful. can come from here. Yeah. Hmm. So with the work that you do with your clients, how are you helping them embrace themselves as they are? You know, the feminine, the masculine, the 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 struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, whatever they're managing or dealing with, how are you helping them just be? The struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's so interesting because we each have such a unique biochemistry and ancestral patterning, environmental stuff, cultural programming, Mm -hmm. you have to really, and, you know, nutrition has, has been a big part of, you know, making people feel more toxic Yeah, uh, with poor nutrition and and lack of getting in nature and moving their bodies. Um, I think there's just been a, a real block with that only because we get inundated with all the different ways to eat and move and the latest and greatest gadgets. And Mm -hmm. it truly is as simple as getting outside and walking, taking a a walk in nature, sitting in the sun instead of at your desk all day, taking your laptop outside, drinking water constantly. The the number one thing is that it's the cheapest, (laughs) most effective, Mm -hmm. safest, and most readily acceptable thing. And that is your breath. It's almost impossible to feel anxious when there's a effective breathing technique that's being employed. Mm-hmm. Um, I use a lot of essential oils. That's part of my career path, actually, is aromatherapy and multisensory healing and mm. um, hitting all pathways of the mind body through plant chemistry. Nice. Um, and so that's been a beautiful tool that I use. I don't know if this is appropriate to mention here, but I do have on my website, a free multi-sensory healing kind of lookbook. It's a kit, a free healing kit. Oh, cool. And yeah, it's just on, you can either go to standspeakshine.com or just my name, shereeburton.com. It's on both, but I hit all of those pathways in that, you know, a guided meditation. So really it's what you're listening to, Mm -hmm. what you're looking at what you're um, touching, you know, and what you're tasting Mm -hmm. and what you're smelling. Yeah. And so those five cents, I don't know if I hit all five of them, taste, touch, sight, sound, smell, but when you hit those and the, what you're inputting into your body's, I guess, computer or motherboard Mm -hmm. through your senses is how is direct reflection on how you're going to feel. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and they, and those sensory portals are feel good pathways into, you know, shifting your biochemistry. So yeah, that's where I start with people. And I always look at nutrition. I always look at stabilizing nutrition because it's such a huge part of how we feel. Yeah. Uh, 
sometimes we have to supplement sometimes we, and for women, especially, I know I was a mess when I was paramenopausal. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, I don't want to relive those years at all. Like my no. late thirties to mid forties were kind of a mess. Um, emotional or, you know, hormonally, emotionally, because I didn't yep. know what was happening to my body. Yeah. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> You experienced that too. <laughs> I did. I remember calling my sister and being like, I think I have Alzheimer's. And she's like, you don't. You're going through menopause. I'm like, oh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> yes, that was Yeah, hard. so all of those things combined. But I, again, people go, we go into overload because we are like, did I do this part right? Am I doing this? Uh, what about this part? So I just come back to what are you looking at? What are you smelling? What are you listening to? You know, yeah. and then dive into going that because that gets you in your body. Yes. That puts you in your body. So then you can get the answers and know the next enlightened step. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's awesome. It's like fully being fully mindful of what you're taking in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's very cool. So Sheree, how... If listeners wanted to know more about you, how do they find you? Uh, yeah. Where, where, yeah where, just, where should they be looking? Yeah. Thank you. So I'm on Facebook. It's just my name, Cherie Burton, and it's Women Seeking Wholeness. That's the name of my podcast as well as the name of my Facebook group. So it's Cherie Burton colon Women Seeking Wholeness. And my name is spelled C-H-E-R-I-E. And I just barely launched, I'm super excited. I just barely launched this feminine boss school. <laughs> oh, I heard you talking about that on, on your podcast. Yeah, just a couple weeks ago. And it's just a, it's, it's like $97 and it's just a crash course into goddess confidence, finding your soulpreneur path and balancing it with, you know, your family, family life, home life. Okay. So that's kind of fun. So yeah, all that that's stuff's fun. on my website and they can find my healing kit as well. So shereeburton.com. Cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited about just bringing these real, I'm all about simplicity because yeah. we do get a confused mind doesn't act. That is so true. <laughs> so we yeah. just have to find ways to help, especially those who are, those of us who are prone to depression and anxiety, we had to learn this the hard way. Mm -hmm. um, we get overwhelmed really quickly. And if we have too many options, we'll just not do any of them. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like, I, I'm sensitive to that. And I, I believe in giving people simple tools. Nice. Well, I love that because that sense of overwhelm can, yeah, if, especially if you have any highly sensitive characteristics, like that can just shut you down where you're just like, nope, that's too much. Can't even go there. But exactly. yes, simple exactly. is good. Well, Sheree, I so appreciate your being on the podcast and coming and talk to, talking to us about femininity and how we can be strong women and uh, advocate for others too. Mm. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. It's been great chatting. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed talking to Cherie today. It's always so great to connect to women that you feel so aligned with and I just felt that with Cherie. She just is so easy to talk to, but such an empathetic, compassionate, caring healer that I hope that came through in the podcast for you. I loved her um, 
holistic view on healing and that nature and our senses can center us internally in a way that not much else can. And by tuning into those sensory experiences as we walk, as we are moving through the world, that that can be healing. I just, I, I'm a full believer and uh, so appreciative of Sheree sharing that with us today. So I hope you will take some time in nature this week. Get outside, notice what you're smelling, what you're seeing, what you're feeling, what you're hearing. If you're bringing some water, noticing what you're tasting. I hope you'll do that in a very mindful, intentional way this week. If you'd like to get the episodes delivered directly to your inbox, please sign up for the newsletter at womanwarriors.com. There will be a link in the show notes to all of Cherie's information, as well as how to sign up for the newsletter, the private Facebook group, and on the webpage for the podcast. You can also leave me a voicemail, which I would love. Have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.